0: Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, October 18th, and this is the show that takes the mystery out of your financial life. The way we do that is we encourage you to ask us your financial questions. Now, these questions can be about anything. I mean, anything that is remotely financial. We encourage you to do this because what Mark and I do every single day is we live our lives trying to figure out how we can make your decision-making process a tiny bit easier. And sometimes it's kind of great because you can bear all to us and we're not going to judge you. I know that you think we are, we're not really doing that at all. We might make fun of you because we make fun of ourselves all the time, but it's really about trying to get you to the next best place. And if we can help in that journey, fantastic. So all you need to do is go to our website. It's jillonmoney.com. Click the contact button and we can help you out. Okay. Easy. Now, this is a kind of a tough email to start with Mark and I want to do it because it's, uh, it's real life and we're all about the real life stuff. Okay. So this is from Jeff who says, Jill and Mark, I listen to all of your podcasts, and I prefer the ones where Mark talks. Mark, talk right now. Thanks, Jeff. I have at least one fan, Jill. There you go. Many fans. As Tina Fey said when she first won an award for uh, whatever, 30 Rock, she said, I want to thank the dozens of viewers who got us here. (laughs) Mark, you have dozens of fans. I think you have thousands of fans, frankly. Anyway, let us move on. So Jeff says, I'm just over 66 years old. And my wife was both disabled with a variant of muscular dystrophy and had lung cancer. Oh, my God. We were married 39 years, and because of her disability long-term care insurance was not an option. So Jeff said, I made a commitment to save enough that I could be assured she would always have in-home care, even if I were to pass away first. Sadly, she passed away three months ago, not from the cancer, before... Hardly any of the assets were depleted. So I guess I played the cards wrong and should have spent the money having more fun with her. Oh, well, Mark, that's a tough one, right? I mean, there are times where we all make decisions that we think are the the best probable decisions to make. Mm -hmm. And I don't want Jeff to go back and say, oh, I I should have done it differently. My guess is you made the best decision you could, right? Easy to say that now, but he didn't know what was going to happen. Exactly. And, you know, there, there are many cases where you would want to have that money. And so please try to take yourself off the hook on that. Jeff goes on to write, We have no children, a niece and a nephew that have treated me dearly, and I've relocated to be closer to them so I can see leaving them money. But... I've sold our home because I can't stand to stay in it. And for now, we'll be renting it approximately $1,800 a month. I've had a lot of other expenses recently, staying in a hotel for a couple of months. That's temporary. You'll see below a huge amount that I've saved is in a traditional IRA versus a Roth. But I question how much Roth conversion to do because I will be taxed as a single taxpayer beginning next year. And also the uh, surcharges for Medicare, IRMA surcharges. Okay. I currently have a fixed income of approximately $90,000. That is comprised of social security survivor pension and an annuitized 403B from my wife's employer with a 100% survivor benefit. So he's got a lot of income, Mark. When I reach 70 in three and a half years, the number will increase to about $114,000. Yikes, when he's going to take his own social security. So he's got a bunch of money, $2.7 million. 1.7 in a traditional IRA, 800 grand in a brokerage, 200 grand in a Roth, 50-50 split. After closing on the sale of the home, another 320 will go into a brokerage account, unless you have a better idea. The bank accounts total about 250 grand. Um, So all in, Mark, he's got $3.2 million. Um, So Mark, how do you feel about the Roth conversions for Jeff? What do you think? Well, so Mark is noting that you have a lot of cash to pay the taxes. And, you know, maybe if you converted this year there, you know, because this year you'll still file, married, you'll still file your taxes as married filing jointly. And so maybe this could be a year where you take a slug of the money and convert it because married filing jointly, you're in the 24% bracket up to $329,000. And I want you to just remember that 24 for a second, because 24% is what your bracket will be, or the top bracket you'll be in when you're single and receiving all that extra money. So I think what I would do, and I agree, Mark, I think I would take a slug of the money that keeps me in the 24% bracket, right? So up to, let's just call it 329000 and I don't know all your deductions, but maybe you work on this with your accountant. I would take that slug of money, I would convert it. I'd pay the tax on it and just pay it with the sale of the home, right? You're going to have that, and then you will have more of this money that is converted. How much more? Maybe you know, let's just do a couple hundred, and then maybe next year, let's see where the the chips fall. But you know, as a single taxpayer, you know, you you maybe have one. Maybe I don't know. The Irma thing is tough, though. Mark, he's going to have to pay more for Medicare if we do this, right? So by the way, IRMA is the income-related monthly adjustment amount, which is that you get a surcharge of your Medicare premium if you have taxable income that's higher than sort of the masses. So if you're single, you can go up to 138000 and you would pay 180 bucks extra a month. Ah, that's still good. If you convert and keep the amount under let's see. Do you want to know the 500,000 number? If you convert and you get up, you're not going to do that. He's going to stay in the 24% tax bracket, which would be 164,000. And the IRMA cost of that would be like an extra 300 bucks a month. I think that's worth it, don't you? So I think the way we're going to suggest to you is you do a bigger slug this year, stay in the 24% tax bracket you might have to pay more for your Irma, but I, I don't think you're going to be much more. To be, you know, like I said, about just under three hundred dollars a month for your surcharge. Next year, you stay in the twenty four percent bracket. You can convert as much up to that will get you up to one hundred sixty four thousand nine hundred twenty five dollars. It'll go up a little bit next year, but let's just call it one sixty five. And why don't you do that? And we'll convert a little bit at a time before you start making more money. Then, of course, by the time you're seventy two and you start to take your money out, you know, you'll be forced, but you'll pay taxes and that'll be that. And you'll get as much money out as you can by the time you're hopefully before age 70, because obviously in the next few years, this is a small window of opportunity, but I think that's about it. I don't think you're going to do, you're not going to do a ton more. That's what I think. So my advice is a little bit on the Roth conversions Your tax brackets change when you go from married to single, but for this year, you're still married, filing jointly, and the Irma conversation. Hopefully, Jeff, I don't know what to say except I'm so sorry for your loss. What a terrible, tragic loss. But I also hope that you give yourself a little bit of kindness and don't second guess your decisions because we all do the best we can. Mark, say goodbye to Jeff because you wish him the best. And he is your the basically the president of the Mark Telercio fan club. <laughs> I'll get you a mug, Jeff. It's coming your way. He's lies. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So let us move on. Thank you so much, Jeff. And again, let us know if there's anything else we can do for you. Beth writes, I love your podcast. I've learned so much. My husband and I are 58 years old. They make 350 grand." Our home is paid off. It's worth $500,000. They've got $3 million in a qualified plan, 1.2 non-qualified. We bought a rental property as an investment in 2014. It is a three-family home. It nets us $12,000 a year. They just refinanced it at 3.5% for 20 years. Okay. Uh, it's probably worth 600 now. Hmm. Wow. Okay one of the renters approached us about buying it. Oh, Mark. Okay, let's just think about this. So they've got they've got a $600,000 property, a $350,000 note. So they've got 250 grand in equity. And it's only giving you 1,000 bucks a month. That seems so small for the for what it is. Should we sell it? Is it more important for us to keep it as an alternate revenue stream if we retire? Is it better to guard You know what I'm going to say? You ready? Sell it. I'm not looking back, Mark. I'm swinging for the fence that, yeah, it sucks you just refinance because you threw that money out the window, but this is not even a great, this is not a performing asset in my mind. Maybe it's like you bought it for cheap, cheap, and it's just ballooned up in value. I'd take the money and run. $1,000 a month is nothing. Selling it, sold. Okay, next up. Kelly is self-employed, single, 40 years old, no kids. Kelly has two payments, a home mortgage and graduate school loans. And paying a little bit extra on the home mortgage, even though it's a two and a quarter percent loan, that's dubious decision right there. Kelly writes, my graduate student loans are deferred right now through January, 2022, uh, 6% interest when it restarts. So that's a real interest rate. I've already put $6,000 in my traditional IRA for 2021. I've also put $3,600 into my HSA for this year. I've got 10 grand in savings to make a large payment on my student loans before interest rates start accruing again or put into a simple. This is interesting. I had five years when I was, I had self-employment. I wasn't able to contribute, blah, blah, blah. I had $75,000 $75,000 in IRAs right now. From what I've read, I should be able to have a traditional IRA and a simple IRA, but I may not be able to deduct the whole amount. What do you suggest? Put money into a simple, get caught up to where I should be retirement fund wise at age 40 or pay off my grad school. Mark, you want to pay off the grad school loans or make a simple contribution? I know what, where my decision lies. I'm going after the student loans also. Pay off the student loans before that interest rate clock starts ticking again and stop paying extra on your home mortgage and use whatever that differential is. It looks like about 250 bucks a month and add it to retirement. That's it. You're done. Thank you, Kelly. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. Next. Melissa's 57. Melissa's husband is 58. We're starting to think more about retirement. Mark, I must be crazy that I'm in my fifties. I'm not thinking at all about retirement, except to think that when I hear this, it makes me anxious. Okay. Here's the question. I received information from my alma mater about charitable annuity, and I'm wondering if I should consider this as a way of securing some income later in retirement. Also, I'd like to know at what point is it okay to give up our life insurance policies and think about long-term care? Okay. Let's deal with the latter. Uh, You you gave us absolutely zero information about your asset levels. Okay. Chances are you can give up life insurance policies if you don't need life insurance. A charitable annuity is interesting, but it's still an annuity and you have to be charitably inclined and you got to have a bunch of money. And I'm not exactly sure whether any of that makes sense for you. So can you give us more details? Don't you hate it when I ask that? (laughs) Is it annoying, Mark, when I say more details, please? Dems the rules. We need more information. Okay. Okay. I love the name. Is it not possibly that I'm going to try to um, pronounce this? So this is listener from Sweden and has a question about taking Swedish pensions. Okay. I'm from Sweden. I live in the U.S. with my wife. We moved back here in 1995. We worked enough to receive pensions from Sweden, and we've also worked long enough to be fully vested here in the United States. Hmm. We're close to retirement uh, wife is 64 and he's turning 64 in January. We tried to figure out when we should start collecting from Sweden. I contacted someone at the social security office. It didn't help. We talked to people in Sweden. We get a different answer. We're some agreement, blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah. Because you know what I think? I wonder if they are going to be, I think there's basically some arrangement between the two, which is a windfall elimination. This is interesting. I'm going to have my social security reduced due to the fact that I have a pension in Sweden. Hmm interesting. When should we start collecting in Sweden? Is there anything we can do so I don't lose my social security, tax implications of putting my Swedish pension into a Swedish bank? Okay. I'll tell you what, let me tell you what you need. You need a actual person to help you who has some experience in tax law internationally. So what I would say is I think that this Mark, do you think this is more of like a, this is a CPA. I might want to talk to somebody who is a CPA in Sweden who knows someone in the U.S. I think that's what I would try to do. There are certainly people who have uh, experience in doing international arrangements and there are people who do see, I had a client once way back when, and where did he live I think he lived in like Belarus or someplace like that and worked for a big, huge law firm and was placed in a, you know, sort of an Eastern European. And then he moved in. I think he moved in, ended up moving to Hungary. hope he doesn't live there anymore. Also, because Viktor Orbán's a bad dude and this guy was gay. So it can be a good place for a gay guy to live, right? So anyway, um, you got to find somebody who can help you out. I'm so sorry. And I would start with like people in Sweden who you know and you can talk to a swedish person like talk to a, like maybe a swedish accountant whatever the uh equivalent is there whatever they call them perhaps a cpa just kidding and uh and get someone here and find out and maybe there's some there's probably someone who knows how to do this there's got to be right all right uh mark is that it for the show i think it is the time goes by so quickly Would you like to run your financial situation by us? We would be delighted to help you out. Go to jillonmoney.com, click on the contact button. Tell us if you want to come on the air. Then Mark does everything else, okay? While you're on the website, sign up for our free weekly newsletter. And by the way, don't forget that I'm writing this book and I'm seeking some stories. I want to find people who've made big decisions amid or in the aftermath of COVID whatever it is. I want to hear from you um, in the subject of the, when you click on the contact button, just say book fodder or book stories. I I want to talk to as many of you who have made life decisions, career decisions, financial decisions that uh, were really motivated by the crisis of this period. Okay? That's what I'm looking. So please help. Thank you. Thank you. We very much appreciate that. Okay, try to lift someone up today and remember, grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow.